Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast for Round 13, 2023. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has parted ways with the Big Freeze organisation. It is Adam Rosenbarks. G'day Michael, g'day Junk Timers as we come to you on the first ever King's Birthday Weekend Junk Time Edition. I feel, I feel honoured. Mate, it's, uh, we... it's actually kind of weird saying the King's Birthday, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't sound right. Like no. I, like kind of like you. You get it. Like if you're playing a game for the queen, you're like, oh yeah, I'm sure she doesn't give a flying fuck. But we've just grown up knowing it, mm. and now you're playing a game for King Charles, and you're like, really? Are we doing this for well, that fuckhead? Well, because the queen was a massive footy head. Like she came out to Australia and she watched a watched a game being played, and she also was very strong on her um, super coach. Uh, <laughs> Mate, she loved it. I remember her being in the. Um, uh, what was that? Uh, the the enclosure, the mm-hmm. zoo enclosure yep. at Morabbin. Yep. yep. She got asked to leave on several occasions. If plugger, if people were dropping in the hole, she let she let everyone know about. Well, it. they did talk about it as well. Like you remember when? Uh, I mean, she got around different fans and the like. But you know how like the old people behind the goal was like plugger mm. tried to kill them one day. Like yeah, there, was an, yeah. there was another old person next to them as well. And yeah, people, yeah. people forget that was the queen. Yeah. Yeah, and she had uh, several people. Um, well. You never saw them again after that incident, but that's just the kind of power and the reach that she had. And remember that time when she did a regional tour with Ricky Nixon and Warwick Kappa? That was a good <laughs> show. That was a good show. She loved her footy. It was a fun thing she did. So we're here, uh, obviously the big freeze, freeze MND, uh, the Neil Danaher and Beck Danaher doing the rounds and they have the big uh, slide at the MCG and I was a part of that. They asked mm. me to help uh, organise it all this way, this year because, you know, this is the ninth year. They've done a lot. They've done it the, the hard way over the last few years, yep. particularly with COVID and they were just like, fuck, Rosie, we're running out of people and it's just Make getting an harder event. and harder. Make an event. I mean, they've been to our live shows. They've seen the spectacular that we put on, you know, with yeah. the, 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 the fire and brimstone, the... Um, entertaining light shows that we do and they said rosie we want you to be at a packed mcg make this the showcase of the day and you said yeah i'm the man for the job and you took that gig i did take that gig so i got i went for the big guns i got mick fanning i got eric banner uh-huh. sure he will never do one of our podcasts no, our live ones no, come we, on eric we, just fucking join us mate we've asked you every fucking year we get, how about you come and do something for us you motherfucker. we get the nose very quickly i'm <laughs> <laughs> his uh assistant so we had Michelle Payne. Um, there was uh, Taylor. Um, Taylor Harris was there. Um, I can't, Jason Dunstall went down. There were a few. Tony, Tony Shaw. Shaw. So there were quite a few, and I was like, I got these big names. I was like, fantastic. And so on the morning of, obviously, you got to set up the bath and the slide, and they do it yep. in the um, in the southern in the shame worn stand there. And I was like, I'll take care of all that. It turns out that they use in the bath, and I only found this out today. They use frozen water. Now, like, you know, uh, when you freeze water and it becomes ice. Now, I just assumed <laughs> that they were sliding into methamphetamine. So gotcha. 
This year, most of the donations when people bought a beanie or donated at any Coles Uh-oh. or Woolworths went to the $1.8 million <laughs> it cost me to fill that pool. No, you've, no you, so you've, you've, you've get, they've said to you, we want it full to the brim with ice. Yeah. And they probably thought, oh, that's going to be a tough job for Rosie. He's got to be lugging around all these five kilo bags of ice. But yeah. when you got told you need to get an enormous, like, Colombian-style uh, shipment mm. of ice... Yeah, they were actually. I, I actually heard from the organisers. They were actually surprised how quickly you said, "Yeah, not a problem, <laughs> mate." I've got I've got people coming over from Perth pretty much twenty four hours a day. <laughs> so whenever you need a big shipment, uh, it's coming there. So it turns out that you're not allowed to do that, and obviously you shouldn't be using the MND funds uh-huh. to purchase goods like that. And I said, "Hey, don't worry, I've got you covered." Luckily, it's a Collingwood game. So I was able to flip that uh, <laughs> bathtub of ice for $3.6 million and therefore MND, mate, there's going to be a cure within a couple of months <laughs> for the money that it. we raised from that bath. They've actually shut down the big freezer and we raised all the money. We don't need it. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've reached our limit. This is what we wanted to do. Thank you, Rosie. And also, just don't go near any Collingwood supporters if you're around on this Monday night. Yeah, sure, sure. Actually, it's one of the highlights of the year, I reckon, the big freeze. I actually really, really enjoy it. I mean, they do build it up quite well. Um, everyone gets in sort of involved. The, the, the only thing about it, right, and this is, it's a fantastic thing, but there's kind of no exciting element beyond the unveiling and then the reaction when they get in the pool. Like, it's just the, the slide's always the same. There needs, to be, there needs to be a different slide. They need to just drop people in it. You know, just let's make it a little bit different on the entry to the pool, perhaps. Okay, so make it a bit maybe more of a complicated Slide like you do a loop yeah. the loop or something, or yeah, like it comes off the top of the Shane Warne stand. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Around it gets more you... creative each year, sure. Yeah, there's a few loops that goes around. Maybe you zip line into a pool one year. You know, just let's you know maybe there's a swim up. There's a bar mm-hmm. at the end of the pool. Okay, that'll get people involved. So you know, uh, I believe um, Mick Fanning was first down. So not only do you go into an ice bath, mm-hmm. but you have to wait it out. As the other eight or nine sliders come down, and by the end, I mean, he's in a foil blanket. You know, there's, there's even more fun as you go, who gets hypothermia first? Well, then also could be a fact of like, okay, you say you're willing to just slide into a pool for a few seconds. You know, you get mm. in, you get out very quickly, but how committed yeah. are you to the mm. cause? Okay. So mm. then it becomes an incentive, like the, the last one to get out. Maybe that could be it as well. You all get in, freezing cold pool, yeah, and the last one gets out has to actually go up to Neil Danaher and admit their failed to his face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a bit of a flip on it. So mm-hmm. for the last nine years, we've had freeze MND because we want to stop it. How about we boil MND? So you're at the top of the slide. The uh-huh. water is fucking red hot. Yep. Like it is bubbling away and you're like, oh God, this is going to be great. And then you'll see more creative costumes of people who don't want to lose three <laughs> or four layers of skin as they come off. Imagine the post, you know, the post pool interview as someone's uh, like face is peeling yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. The, but that, but the, hey, we've I've seen the St. John's ambulance people at the footy. Like they, mm. those 14 year olds look like hey. they know how to do a uh, skin graph. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the, 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 I don't know how much how much work would the Burns unit have across our winter? And I just think they're sitting there. We've got state-of-the-art technology in all our Burns units. Let's give them a fucking run. Question with that notice. If you had to mm. go down, I'll limit to you as a, in the costume, and you had to go as a player, who would you go as? Oh, God, as a player. That is a great question. Maybe I'd go... I, you know what? I'd love to go down as plugger. I reckon yeah. that'd be fun. Because yeah. you could kind of... As you went down, you know what would be great is as you went down, like, I don't know how you do this with a chemical reaction. So you go down as, like, jumbo plugger in St Kilda uh-huh. gear, and then you come back out as really fucking rake-thin plugger as he is right now. Yeah, sure. You go down as, like, regular plug. Maybe, like, you wear, like, a sumo suit, like, but it's filled with air, and so halfway down you can kind of... Um, Pop it, and then once you come out of the water, you're back to yeah. down to regular plugger that we know and love today. Or do I go down as Ricky Nixon? Mm-hmm. So I'm dressed as a croissant from the bakery underneath his house. Okay, people get that, yep. Yeah, and as I come out of the pool, I give you a vaccination sure. that you haven't asked for. Sure, sure, and you go down, instead of on the sleigh, you go down on a Melbourne tram. <laughs> yes, that's right, <laughs> that you've run into the back of. I think I'd have to go Dermy. I think that would have to be my one. Yeah, okay. That's a bit of fun. Yeah, and proper like 1988 kind of big curly hair perm dermy. And just as you're about to go, you just fucking, you give Neil a bit of a fucking snipery hit on the way through and down you go. Well, I was thinking more of me, I kind of, as I go down, I come back up and like, oh, I've really injured the groin there, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you were at the MCG across this uh, fantastic weekend of football, except for last night, which we won't talk about. I was there. I actually got to go to the last game I can go to uh, in Melbourne before I head back to um, Sin City. Rod Carter Studios. Um, And I um, know that we have a uh, Giants game that I can go to, uh, I think in early July. So I went down with my dad and my nieces. Actually, a couple of things. I went down into the the museum, actually. Um, Oh, does, does your part of the ground have a museum, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually cool. I actually haven't been there. I actually went there a few weeks ago. I actually, it's not a place I really regularly go. It's not massive. It's got quite a large Melbourne section. Um, yep. And actually what was actually interesting, because there was kind of fake, well, not fake, but like newspaper headlines, kind of um, as they have out the front of, you know, news agents, kind of saying Hawthorne-Melbourne merger. And, um, and my niece was generally fascinated by that. She's like, what? I didn't know about um, any kind of merger. So I was like, oh, yeah, and I sent her a clip of... How um, have you not bored her to death about the Hawthorne-Melbourne merger of 1996? Well, it was actually kind of interesting. I, I, I kind of typed it into YouTube and kind of sent her the, the link to go and watch a few things. But, um, and I mean, I my memory of it at the time was like, it was the Don Scott, you know, if every Hawthorne supporter gave $200, uh, we can get to that $4 million tally that I think we were in debt. And I do remember going down to Linda Crescent over the road from um, Glenfrey Overland doing the going into the social club and uh, what was I at that time, 18? And handing over um, my 200 bucks that I'd earned in the bottle shop and and there was a bunch of kind of little old ladies kind of counting the money and um, going down to the pokey machine downstairs and coming back with less. (laughs) Um, But I remember one of the ladies, she was like, we're going to fight this, we are going to fight this and we're going to win. And I remember going to the, um, it was a rally before the merger match Oh, you Glen- love a rally. At the Glen- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting all the wrong press for them of late in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, went down to a rally uh, at Glenferry before the merger match, um, and so Don 
got spoke at that and Dermy spoke at that and he got kind of quite the ovation that he actually got a bit teary kind of going because that was kind of his homecoming to Hawthorne after going to the Swans in Collingwood. Um, so that would have been the year after he retired. And uh, So how did Collingwood like fall apart? Uh, sorry, Collingwood. How did um, Hawthorne fall apart? Like you're five years away from a premiership by that stage. Yeah, well, Melbourne obviously hadn't won anything for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But how did Hawthorne just not... Um, Turn those that dominant eighties. That's a very and good question. 90s. I, I, well, I don't think we ever got the attendance of like a Carlton and a Collingwood, and then yep. it could also be. I, and I don't have any authority on this whatsoever, but it could have also been maybe they didn't have a great deal at Princess Park, seeing they were a co-tenant, and therefore oh, that, that doesn't sound like something. <laughs> would do, I, I can't believe the Carlton would try and shaft anyone that came. We wrap our arms around everyone else. To think, like when we try to, to merge with North Melbourne. To think of the high upstanding leader you had at the club at the time. <laughs> yes. I just can't believe you would have got a shit deal. So what else was in the... Um, and that, well, then on, also on top of that, we didn't have any members. So I yes, think it was okay. only then when mergers like that were beginning to happen that people actually realised, oh, you have to be a merger if you want to kind of, you know... A member, yes. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing, though, because I remember they never talked about membership numbers the way they do now. Never. And it wasn't as critical, I think, to be a member the way it is marketed now as well. I reckon if you went down to a lot of Hawthorne fans, and you because they, they give you a scarf where they put the number of how many years in a row you've been a member, I reckon if you went around to a whole bunch of Hawthorne fans who are my age or, you know, around about my vintage, there'd be a lot of people who would be – their first membership was – 1996 and 97, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And anything else in the museum that caught your eye? They had a premiership cut from Melbourne, which I, I'm going to presume is real. I know they haven't been the, um, in, the, uh, in the office uh, over, the, over the other side of the um, building where Melbourne's offices are. But yep. there was an old-timer on a frame who is one of the, the museum guides. And um, well, it's not a guide as such by the fact that um, it's yeah you know, a small place. So, but he can give you info. And he was talking about the the Test Championship. He wanted to know the overnight score. Oh, okay. And so I got out my phone. And I was like, oh yeah, took him through this. And he wanted to know what um Steve Smith. Hang on, what time is this that you're in there? This well, is like midday. About three p.m. Yeah, like so the cricket would have finished what like. 2am, 3am? Yeah, so the old fuck hasn't asked anyone else before that time. Well, look, he was on a frame. He could barely look up and I'm going <laughs> to presume he's, he's not jumping on the World Wide Web very often. Okay. So I took him through that and then they've got a picture and off the back of the comedy festival show I did this year. So I saw, I saw this picture a lot and there's a portrait of Tom Wills and I don't know if it's original, but it's like a picture that comes up a lot when I was doing research on him. And, um, and so I was just talking to actually, a, I took my nieces through the story of the first game played over three days and they, their eyes glazed over very quickly. And then <laughs> as did many people in your audience when I came. Yeah, and then I was talking to the old timer and, um, and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, Tom Wills and, and um and I talked to him for a little bit and he actually actually I tell you what actually he actually talked about the the founding document of the rules like he actually talked about that a bit like the founding fathers like he was like for for those for those people to write down those rules to to create a game like that and I was a bit like well mate in the original rules he couldn't actually pick the ball up off the ground so it looks like get too excited um yeah. but then I thought also well, it, it sounds like he was there and then I thought I'd throw in a fact. Which I had in the show, I think, and that uh, I actually haven't verified, but it's from Wikipedia. So, but the first Brownlow medalist was um, the 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 grandson. So, Kaji Greaves was the grandson of a woman that 
um, Tom Willis was engaged to for a time. Right. And so I kind of was like talking to the old time and I was like, I'm, like, I'm going to wow him here. I'm going to wow him. And I, so I dropped in that little fact. And he's going, oh, I hadn't heard that before. I hadn't heard that. And then it became very apparent that he didn't want to talk to me anymore because I was <laughs> a weird guy. <laughs> he was like, okay, I got, I got stuff to do, mate. I got stuff to yeah. do. So you went up to the MCG into your. Uh, you don't have reserve seats in the MCC, do you? But you just wandered in there and yeah. you saw a fucking very an amazing uh, victory for a side that's tanking. I know for a, t- a team that's tanking. Um, so what have we done? We beat St Kilda. We beat North. We beat Eagles. We beat Bears now. But um, yep. but not a shit crowd. Thirty five thousand people, which I didn't think bad was an interstate team and like a team that had won four but um they, they're actually very impressive actually they're very impressive but very strange by the fact that you know last week you know we're 100 points down at half time and then this week we come out and we're very competitive for the whole game and then win it yeah but i mean it's fucking hell i mean and you're two points behind carlton oh no mate that 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 final eight <laughs> final eight is not looking fan now now a friend put this to me the other day is it just Carlton's kicking? Like, they were like, I actually don't yeah. think Carlton's that bad. It's just they're yeah. kicking for goal. I mean, I couldn't watch last night because it was so frustrating, but apparently they kicked 2-5 in the second quarter when they could have not put Essen in a way, but at least got themselves, you know, three or four goals clear, and they didn't. Yeah. They did that against Sydney. Harry Mackay has become more of a laughing stock than Levi Casbolt ever was. Yeah, sure. And we just can't. They actually cannot hit a target yeah. by hand or by foot, which I think for some reason really brings you undone when you're playing uh, football. Oh, like when a game where you, the idea mm. is that you kick the ball to a <laughs> yeah. player on your team yeah. and they catch it yeah. and they don't yeah. have it go over their head or grab on the ground. Yes. yes. Now, yes, I saw that. something during the week that other teams were thinking that you guys don't really have a discernible game plan, so therefore you kind of ease the combat. Do you find that? Are you, are you a game plan watch it like to me unless it's like we've got the whole team in the back heart in the back 50 for the entire game i go oh they're flooding but i'm not reading the play like that oh i think you'd know, you want to see that your team can defend which carlton have proven their defense has been okay this year we just haven't scored yeah but the ability to go from like uh so say you're coming out you're kicking out from full back mm-hmm. our ability to go coast to coast is just non-existent yeah. whereas other teams easily do that against us and yeah, you watch sure. Every other team in the comp has the ability to do it, but we don't because yeah. we miss targets. It goes over people's heads. It's out in the full, and you just like fucking give up. Anyway, back to you at the MCG in the MCC. Well, I found something quite interesting. I took a photo of it actually because I'd never seen it before. Having said that, mm. you know, I've been living in Sydney for a long time now, so I haven't you know not like I'm at the MCG every second week. But there was one TV screen I found, and not in a very thoroughfare walkway like okay a bit of a kind of pretty much on the half forward flank if you're watching tv on the left hand side and the half forward flank roughly around about there um and so you'd really only be going that way if you were going to be crossing over into the outer or something you know like Ugh, the outer yeah um and then you gotta you gotta go through various uh checkpoints checkpoints yeah absolutely <laughs> and then they give you a fake name and a fake job yeah. and they go this is how much yeah, you want like, this is what you, you sure earn you, okay. go, you sure okay. you want to go out there mate really sure no no, no no you can't go in there with that much money um and so it, it was a, f- a wall that said to find the shortest lines so it has like all the kind of shops like the food and the bar and then they have a little um color coding so 
if it's green, then it's light, like you can go in there and you won't wait too long, then medium and then heavy. So I'm looking here, this would have been half time. No, this would have been about three quarter time, I reckon. So it's looking pretty good. It's all pretty much green. Yes, there's not there's not many weights at any of the bars there. Um, but also, too, what I love about it is it, it's an app that you can download to no your phone. Way. So you can be sitting oh, in your seat and be like, oh, that. I might go to the Terrace Bar or the uh, Frank Gray Smith Bar and Snacks. Okay. And you look at your phone and you go, well, I'm not going now. I'll just wait three minutes when this turns to green. But also, too... Everyone who goes out to get a drink at quarter, half, and three-quarter time is beyond stupid. Like, everyone knows you go in the middle of a quarter to get your drink, yeah. you load up, and then you're covered. You don't have to wait in line. There is no red. I'm actually downloading the MCG app right now, so maybe they might download and I can see what um see what they have to offer. But um, I've, I, I've never seen that before, a screen telling me what lines. And also, I don't know, how often do you think you use it? Do you go like, okay... I am I really going to go up to level four just to wait like two minutes quicker to get to get some hot chips? I mean, probably not. You do wonder, like, say it was a uh, Melbourne v. Say it was today. Like today, yeah. Today, yeah. I I don't think you're looking at that going. Oh, I probably won't get a beer because it's red. You're like, I'll just get six beers while I'm there. Okay, I've downloaded the MCG app. I'm trying to open it. Yeah. Okay, it shat itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. It's quite a nice picture. I'm going to choose my team. <laughs> okay, that might take a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need to do this live. <laughs> I've got to give a login. I'm going to give my password, okay? Yeah. My password for everything is... Hey, uh, well, it's not chock-a-block full of news this week, actually. And I think that's no, out No, it's of, been pretty quiet. I think it's out of respect for the king, actually. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Charles doesn't want a chock-a-block week. Yeah, sure. And also, like, he's on that kind of time delay, too. So, like, mm. you know, he wakes up and the game's being played. So, he kind of has to watch it. You know, yeah. on his own schedule, so a bit disrespectful yeah, to, because he's a big listener as well. Obviously, <laughs> loves it. Yeah, uh, he's got a got one of our um, Gatorade Bukaki time stubby holders, <laughs> uh, which you can buy a big cart big cartel. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Jack. I've got a football in real life, a football story you might find amusing. Great. I was at a cafe opposite Mineral Resource Park catching up with a mate on a very wet Western Australian day when I saw a man with neck tattoo strutting towards the cafe we're in. Have you ever been in Perth when it's rained? I have never seen rain in Perth. That is actually a very good question. I do not believe that I have seen rain in Perth. Now, I'm mostly over there. The times that I've been there has been, you know, January, February for like comedy festivals and yep. stuff like that. I've never been over there in the depths of winter, mm-hmm. but I have never seen rain in Perth. Um, and just to clarify, Mineral Resource Park uh, is the name. That's the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Most of it say it's the name for the whole of Western Australia. <laughs> uh the man, the male was none other than West Coast Eagle midfielder Tim Kelly. He was wearing a fashionable tan jumper, grey tracksuit shorts, and was speaking into a rose gold iPhone. Okay, rose gold. Yeah, nice. Uh, with an agitated expression. As we left the cafe, I could see him waiting patiently for his coffee, still with an expression of someone traded from Geelong to West Coast. In brackets, <laughs> frustrated. Yeah. I mean, he kind of he went there just after they won the flag. So in his mind, he'd be like, "Fucking party time yeah. here!" Yeah, yeah. Geelong are on the way out. West Coast on the way up. The, here we go. The nightmare. Mm. I feel for those players. Like, I mean, you, and then but then you think about the um, 
say like a Ben Brown, who kind of went from a North to a Melbourne one year, got Mate. flag, took a took Mate. a took a took a haircut, but yeah, unfortunately, Brett Deledio. Ah, oh, Lids, mate. You know, don't I know Lids too well, mate? You do. Same down the road. Using a leaf blower on a Saturday. Come on, Lids, mate. Yeah. You're better than that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I was at the appalling display of football at the MCG this Friday night between Carlton and Melbourne. Uh, so last week, yeah. During the second quarter, I noticed... Oh, actually, is this a new letter? No, this is still from oh, yeah. Nick. Uh, from Jack. Uh, uh, during the second quarter, I noticed a blue tarp on the second level of the MCG. At first, MCC. MCC. I at first assumed it was a symbolic protest by fans who couldn't bear to watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but on a second glance, I could see paramedics were trying to assist someone. With the tarp being similar to the one used at the races for injured horses, I assumed some, uh, soon there would be a large bang <laughs> signal, <laughs> signaling Adam's name moving up another spot in the MCC waiting list, but it never came. Shame. Eventually, the patron was helped up the stairs by police and paramedics. A happy ending for everyone but Adam, whose name on the MCC waiting list uh, uh, still lingers. I'm trying to look at this. Why would they get the tarp out? Yeah, I, I must say I've never seen that at the football. But also, it just makes it... It's almost like... I don't know if you ever watched um, in the NFL. They have like a blue medical tent that they uh, take an injured player into on the sideline so no one can see. And it kind of looks like that, just a pop-up tent. But you know what? If I was, if that happened in front of me, you'd just instantly just be like, fucking down in front! Yeah, sure. Whatever, mate. Quadruple bypass. Who cares? Yeah, it's close. Die on your own time, dickhead. Um, now, when you say in the NFL they have a tent, now is that like a, a rule or is that a thing that like a team brought in and all the other teams have thought, oh, okay, let's do that too? Uh, excellent NFL question without notice. I think it's a blanket rule that they first go in there to get checked and then they'll probably get taken to the uh, locker room if they think it's more serious. Yeah, sure. So they yeah. bring him into the tent. They've got Dr. Nick. They've got concussion. Dr. Nick is yep. gone. No, you're very fine. Go out and play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> go back out there. We need you. We don't ask questions. Uh, from Sean, offering a coffee. Uh, order, ordering a coffee. Ordering a coffee and in Lathlane. <laughs> Over the road from famous, hey, we're back there, famous Mineral Resources Park. I saw a number of Eagles players, staff in their full uh, yucky blue track suits. Recognisable faces include uh, Mark Nikoski, Drew Petrie, Tim Kelly. So Petrie's got a coaching role there now, right? Is that right? Yes, and uh, obviously Nikoski Musk as well. Uh, TK pretended to take a phone call as I walked past him in admiration. Nikoski and Petrie were both looking very good for last players. Um, past players, I imagine, and could probably still get a game in the current team. Mm, the rest of the people in their Eagles kit looked way too happy for how shit they are going. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that from Sean. Like, if I see any Carlton player this week smiling, yeah. I will be fucking ropeable. They sure. should be as miserable as I have been for the last 20 years. Sure. So if you see, like, on Instagram, like, a Carlton player going, happy to welcome little, a baby. little Adrian into the world. Yeah, yeah. mum and bub doing great, and they're smiling. Don't give a fuck. You're just like, mate, what? You are fucking draining. <laughs> I tell you what is great at the moment. The only saving grace is uh, so you know after after a, after a loss, right? Like a bad loss, and your team's going badly. You just want your social media team to just shut the fuck up, right? Oh. I don't want to see a good tackle happen in the first quarter. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. But they posted one of Mitch McGovern uh, with his two uh, little. He's got two babies, I think. Okay. 
before the game and they posted that. And then just reading the comments that many Carlton fans <laughs> felt that they <laughs> needed to. So anyone, if, you ever, if anyone out there is feeling bad about themselves during this week, just jump on the Carlton Footy Club social media and have a look at the comments and you will feel so much better about your life. So can you give me an idea, of a vague idea of what they were? Like, were they attacking... The, the They're attacking McGovern, just calling him weak and saying they should have put the kids out there and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So. Oh my god, people are just your regular fun. Fucking you know, hell, putting someone down stuff. Dude, have you ever tweeted a footballer? Uh, I don't reckon I have. No, no. I don't think I've, I think I probably retweeted like a bit of Hawthorne stuff, like in terms of like stuff from their social media. But I've never. I mean, I yeah, I, I've never do that anyway. Like, um, send a direct thing to. Um, not a sledge. You might be like, "Hey, great three hundredth game or whatever." Yeah, or could just no. like you know, just me going, "Hey, Phil Davis," you know, yeah, like your hair. Or you saying, "Hey, buddy, congratulations," and he's like, "Mate, the ABO has not been lifted." Like, I told you. <laughs> hey, buddy, out the front, ringing the doorbell. <laughs> Can't seem to get in. Only way I can contact you through my burner account. Uh, from Tommy, football in real life for you. I flew down to Sydney to go to the Saints and Swans game. Uh, watch the Sainters absolutely towel up that disgusting mob of rich private school Range Rover driving boys of Sydney. Bang. Uh, on arriving at the airport the afternoon after the game, curbside at the drop-off as I got out of my cab, hmm, doing very well, emerging in front of me was Callum Wilkie, the brick wall fullback for St Kilda. I threw out a big, yeah, Cal. He turned around, head down and sped up, headed, headed, head down and sped up. But he was no match for my rundown harassment. <laughs> Told him I loved him. <laughs> Got the photo and dispersed. Fantastic. That is great. And I love it when a player, because uh, he, he's just spotted like a, a Nuffy fan and just gone, oh, I don't want to borrow this. Yep. And they've tried to get away. But you're like, nah, mate. Nah. You're We're not, fucking on You're here. not getting away. And, no. and then you kind of go, um, the player is also thinking, are you going to be sitting next to me on the plane? <laughs> That is my worst nightmare. Uh, from Ben, uh, football in real life. A few years ago, uh, me and a couple of friends went to Westgarth Cinema to see Rocket Man, a movie about Elton John. We take our seats and notice Brody Grundy sitting in the front, in the row in front of us. Mm. Uh, my friend had purchased a cheese board from the candy bar. He was doing very well for himself. Oh, uh, you Westgarth Cinema. What contained, uh, which contained a variety of cheeses, including a blue cheese that stunk up the whole cinema. Furious about that. Mate, can't be doing that. Two or three times throughout the movie, Brody Grundy turned around and looked at us, trying to work out where that awful smell was coming from. That is, I I find when I go to my local cinema, mm. uh, I find if they need to be more discerning about the the smell of their cheese. You are big on that. You're more of a cheddar man, aren't you? Now, I actually am curious about that. Okay, Brody. Okay, Rocket Man. I don't know, man. I reckon... I don't know if that was Brody's choice. I feel like that's maybe slightly beneath Brody by the fact... You know those movie biopics? You're not going to get the real deal. Like... So are you thinking he's more seeing a um, an avant-garde yeah, uh, for sure. like French a, foreign film at Nova? Yeah, like a Wes Anderson kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, okay. Like, yeah. you know, something with subtitles. I reckon that's Brody's yeah. kind of modus operandi. Yeah, so I reckon okay. Rocketman is a bit too broad for Brody. Because especially if they... I don't know if Elton John did, but if he if he kind of approved it, 
then you know you're not mm. getting the real deal, are you? Yeah, true. Yeah. I hear you. And also, I don't want to be stuck behind Brody, Grundy, and that man bun. That's a really good Blokes point. fucking six foot eight. Yeah. It's like, dude. Get to the back, Grundy, yeah. you fucking idiot. Back row, mate. Take your, yeah. take your fucking cheese with you, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, actually, that would fit with Grody. I reckon he's turning around smelling it and going, True. where could I have got it? I should have got where, I should have yeah. got the cheese, but I made a horrible yeah, mistake. Yeah, he's like, fucking, I'm halfway through my chock top, but yeah. fuck, I wish I, I got mean, some quince paste with some blue cheese. I already don't want to see Rocket Man. I've been forced to do that, and now I can't do mm. what I do best, and that's just yeah. devour a cheese board on yeah, a leisurely night. Just, yeah, he's just thinking all the way through it. There's, you know, Elton John's talking about how he wrote Yellow Brick Road, yeah. and he's just like, man, I could go some cornichons. <laughs> um, and not a footballer in real life, but from Jared. So a bit ago, we talked about how King Tut's putt putt had moved from the Gold Coast mm. uh, down to a go kart um, uh, venue centre yeah. in Danningon in uh, Melbourne. And we immediately thought, well, that's a clear correlation. There's yeah. that's they they've perfectly suited <laughs> each other, and there's nothing strange about buying no. um, a bankrupt um, Egyptian themed <laughs> um, putt putt <laughs> um, building, and then moving all of its assets down to uh, the uh, forestry of well, Daniel. Well, no, no, no. It'll be like um, when uh, what's his name, whatever Carter discovered Tutankhamun's tomb. Uh-huh. So it'll just be like that, and putting it on display. It's like. Someone has gone to the Gold Coast, discovered these riches, yep. and just gone, really, you fucking, you got no money. We'll bring them down, and we'll show them off to the children of Dandenong. So these kids are learning whilst uh, learning about history, whilst also learning how to putt around a windmill. You don't actually feel bad, like this actually might create a bit of tension between Victoria and Queensland, a bit like mm. um, you know how the British Museum's in trouble from all these different countries. Uh, they yep. they won't return like, the items they stole, and so I feel like one day, you know, it's going to kind of create a very great deal of tension between Queensland and Victoria, where they're like, well, technically, the King Tut's putt putt <laughs> mini golf course belongs to the good people of Queensland. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean that's a nightmare. That's that's worst case scenario: a war between Absolutely. Queensland and Victoria yeah. over a putt putt. But from Jared, thanks for the tip. I love playing this course on the Gold Coast. They have heavily invested. Uh, they invested heavily in this Danning on version. Uh, we won't be going back in a hurry, though. Two players, eighteen holes, forty-eight dollars. Who's doing that well anymore? Oh, yeah, but I reckon Jared. I know. I appreciate that you think it's a lot of money, but for the the cultural experience. Yeah. yeah. That one gets, I'd say you're probably playing unders, to be honest, for only $24 for a round of 18. That's what, a dollar twenty-five per hole? I mean, come on, Jared. That's a fucking bargain, mate. Yeah. We appreciate you writing in, but if you're going to come up with waffle like that, buddy, yeah, just fucking pull your head in, mate. Well, right? I mean... I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to leave this uh, podcast on a sour note, but that is fucking absolutely absurd. Well, I mean, it's a bit different, though, by the fact it's... Um yeah, forty-eight for two people for eighteen holes. But then mm. also on top of that, it's the extra twenty grand because when you get back to the car park, 